May the words of my heart and the meditations of our souls be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. So at the recommendation of some friends, I went to see the movie Blinded by the Light with my family. It is wonderful and corny with a great message. And in several scenes, the family had to push their car to jumpstart it. It was just the car they had at that time. After the movie, my husband laughed as he remembered a time in uh, their lives when his dad had an old car that they had to get out and push every once in a while on a family trip. Everyone pushing and laughing at the bad experience, jump-starting that car, and after it was all over, it became part of the family lore to, to think about that and laugh about that. At the time, though, it was very inconvenient. To jump-start a car that is stuck is a hassle. We don't necessarily push them these days, but waiting for uh, someone with jumper cables or calling the uh, AAA or whatever it is we have, it's a hassle. And in the movie, that hassle just becomes part of daily life. They built routines around the hassle. They got used to it. They made, they made adjustments in their plans. They planned for it. They conformed to the hassle, settled with it. And the scenario from our gospel today, a woman had been stuck, doubled over, unable to stand for 18 long years, Jesus says. For her, it wasn't just a bad day, something funny to become family lore. Her hassle had serious consequences to what she could do in her life. And yet, out of necessity, she had adapted to that hassle of a broken-down body. She'd gotten used to it, made adjustments, conformed, settled. In some ways, she gave up. Yet, and that's a very important yet, she showed up to the temple with her broken body to be part of the congregation on that fateful, faithful Saturday morning when Jesus was there to teach. I don't think it's much of a leap of faith to say that the story in the gospel encourages us to show up, show up with our limitations, show up with our limited perspectives, show up when we feel stuck or doubled over, to push beyond the horizon, past the limits of our sight, to push past the sight lines of our stifled imaginations when we are tired. 
beyond painful restrictions that keep us weighed down and that truncate our humanity. The gospel is a call to hope and to work towards fullness of life with Christ. One understanding of the gospel story today is that God in Christ invites us to focus on serving or cultivating the fullness of life, unlike the leader of the synagogue whose focus was control. The gospel says don't get stuck spending the focus of your life pointing out other people's faults or infractions or staying stuck by your own. Don't focus on infractions, but strive for actions that orient our attention towards the possibility of the fullness of life that God longs for us to enjoy, that God created for us. The three main characters in the gospel passage today, the woman bent over for 18 long years, the leader of the synagogue kicking back on the Sabbath, and Jesus teaching the way of love, the way of God, all help us enter into that story and the vision of fullness that the gospel offers us. As the presiding bishop of our church says, if it's not about love, it's not about God, and we are recalled to that vision by gospel today in which Jesus, against whatever snarky criticism, heals a woman who had given up hope even on herself, for herself. So the gospel doesn't explain why the woman was bent over, except to say that there was a spirit that had a hold of her, Jesus calls it an, ailm an ailment, but doesn't say it was a specific disease of the body or the mind, doesn't say it was an injury, doesn't say that it was an illness, only that it was a spirit that doubled her over. This week, in many ways, I've resonated with her condition, metaphorically, of course, as I've felt the weight of the news feel so heavy and start to double me over with its weight. Even as the joys of life continued, rolling along, celebrating birthdays, celebrating back to school, celebrating with best friends and watching baseball, the weight of responsibility and caring seemed extra heavy somehow this week. Everywhere I looked, every time I read the paper, something seemed to be off course to a magnitude that seemed unconceivable. The massive fires in the Amazon, the removal of any time limits on keeping kids in the immigrant detention centers, that broke my heart the continuing impact on, of gun violence, our looking at racism being alive and well 400 years after the first 
slave ships landed in Virginia. But you can fill in your own worries and cares on this litany of burdens. The way forward under the weight of all of that is a faith. It's faith that God brings resurrection out of every kind of death. And that is what we are called to act upon and pray about and soldier on in our world, speaking a word of love and peace and justice as people of a powerful and loving God. The great writer Toni Morrison who we mourn, as she recently died, wrote a masterpiece called Beloved. It is a book of such sorrow that as you're reading it, it just seems too much to bear. How can one person suffer so much and not be bent over permanently by the weight of life. In that book, Morrison writes, freeing yourself is one thing, but claiming ownership of that freed self is another. The woman bent over by the spirit for 18 long years had not completely given up on her life, though she had seemed to resign herself to it. She was freed, but needed to claim ownership of her freed self, which is hard to do in a world with so much sorrow sometimes. Before Jesus' healing, many thought in the outside world that whatever was wrong with her diminished her somehow, diminished her value as a human being, and that somehow it was maybe shameful. But the day that the gospel story recalls, she took her bent over self, spirit, bad spirit and all, to listen to Jesus, the teacher. There she was, showing up in the congregation in the temple to listen to Christ. She could have stayed home, gone to a matinee or a brunch or whatever it was that people in Jesus' time did to forget their worries. Instead, she went to hear Jesus teach in the congregation she wasn't expecting too much, maybe a word of hope, a blessing. And she didn't ask for anything. She just showed up. And there in the congregation that Saturday morning, Jesus saw her, really saw her. Saw how she kept trying so hard. How she was attempting to focus on the fullness of life even as she conformed herself to her broken body, her broken spirit. 
saw how she was attempting to focus on the fullness of life by showing up, not focusing on how fractured her life had become. So then Jesus freed her from the spirit that kept her down. He laid hands on her and freed her. And what she did was to stand up and to praise God. Her response to the gift was praise. Not complaint for 18 long years of trouble, but looking forward to the fullness of life that Jesus opened for her. This story is a healing gift that reminds us that Jesus sees each and every one of us, really sees us, and not in a creepy big brother sort of way, but God sees us, sees the whole of our humanity, our dignity and worth, the whole you, our whole selves, and all of it. All of it is valued and loved by God, even when we are bent low and find it hard to stand up in the face of pain. There's a cartoon that I recently saw that was captioned in this way. It said a couple of people were looking at a bookshelves full of books, and it said, we may have the same books, but we highlight entirely different passages. And this describes the leader of the synagogue to a T. He looks at the healing and focuses on the supposed rule that it breaks. The leader of the synagogue focused on other people's infractions. Many of us know folks like that, and we may be guilty of that ourselves sometimes. Folks who focus on other people's infractions benefit from whatever rules are in place, or they just like to feel superior by pointing out other people's mistakes or keeping people in their place. That's what the leader of the synagogue was attempting. He presented as an expert in the field, as if he had nothing to learn, just opinions to impose. This dynamic is found in people who are stuck spiritually. In folks who are so focused on spotting other people's infractions that they forget the full humanity we are called to. Jesus doesn't judge the man, but he does school him. He reminds him that there is no higher expert on God's will, God's desire, God's law than Jesus himself. In the Broadway adaptation of Alice Walker's book, The Color Purple, 
Celie, the main character, has been through just about everything that a human being can stand. She should be broken, but instead she declares, I'm beautiful and I'm here. Of course, I cried to that scene when I was finally able to see it live. So beautiful. By claiming the fullness of her humanity, she stood up and praised God. Obviously, we aren't fictional characters in a Broadway production or a movie or in a book. We are real, sometimes weighed down and sometimes standing strong. If we are weighed down, the message is that there is hope in a God who sees us, teaches us love, gives us healing when we ask and even when we forget to ask. And if we are standing strong in our lives right now, Christ calls us to show up, to hope, to keep jump-starting our hearts towards fullness of life for all. So this week, whenever you can, stand up and praise God even in the midst of brokenness. Stand up, work for the healing of the wounds of the world. Stand up and say, I'm beautiful. I'm here. Amen.